Isn't it amazing how quickly January takes off? Like it feels like when I came back to work on Wednesday, it was like I could hear the rocket, the motors revving up. So we're well into a new year. I hope you had a wonderful uh, holiday season. Uh, this weekend, I'm kicking off a new series. You can uh, see there, or if you can read that in the corner there, this is a new series called uh, Connect Four, and that's uh, going to be a four-week series, and we're going to be looking at our VCDC mission statement, uh, Vineyard Church, Delaware County. Uh, we're going to look at our mission statement, which really is summed up in four connects. That's the name, Connect Four. The four connects are connect to God, connect to our purpose, connect to the church, and connect to our community. And one of the things that I love saying to people, whether you're newer in the church, uh, and again, a reminder, quick connect. If you're newer, come uh, see me after the service and quick connect. Or if you're someone who's pursuing membership, you know, come on out to Vision and Values, or really anybody in the church, uh, one of the things that I love to say is that we, as, as church leaders, uh, be it the staff, uh, our small group leaders, children's workers, youth workers, we, as leaders in the church, are totally committed to help you grow in these four connects, in these four areas. Uh, Ephesians 4.11 says this. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the, pro- the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, he gave leaders to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And why I love saying to people that we are committed to helping you grow in these four areas is because I totally believe that if you grow in your understanding in these four areas, if you, and as you grow in your understanding, as you prioritize and practice these four connects, uh, you're going to grow. You're going to mature. You're going to change as a human being. You are going to become more like Jesus. You're going to think more like Jesus. You're going to talk more like Jesus. You're going to dress more like Jesus, whatever that would mean. But this is a timely series to look at these four connects uh, because there is something about the end of a year and the beginning of a new year that stirs up uh, both healthy and unhealthy introspection in, in us. I mean, everywhere you go right now on social media, people are talking about New Year's resolutions, right? And, and there's sort of this looking back, looking forward, like, well, you know, how did you do last year? I mean, did you, did you reach your goals? Uh, how, you know, what are you planning this year? What are you planning to uh, grow in? What are you hoping to change about yourself? What are you hoping to improve about yourself? Let me run through some of the resolutions I saw online. You want to throw that first one up, Lori? Look at this one. It says, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to go on a diet and stick to it. Is that cake? Okay, that's, uh, that registers for me. This one might be a little t- sarcastic, but I laughed. It says, uh, New Year's resolutions to, uh, resolution to tolerate fools more gladly, provided this does not encourage them to take up more of my time. Uh, okay, maybe that's okay. But this one, uh, my New Year's resolutions are one, stop making lists. Letter B, be more consistent. Seven, learn to count. Uh, <laughs> and then this one for the techies in the room, my New Year's resolution I'll probably keep it at 1280 by 1024, like always. Thanks for asking. See, just like last night, like nobody laughs. Unless you worked at Radio Shack, that probably wasn't very funny. But did you know, uh, did you know that here at VCDC, we have an ongoing New Year's resolution? 
And really, to be more accurate, it's a until Jesus returns uh, resolution. When you come into the church, when you come in through our main doors, before you come through the doors to the right, there's a, there's a plaque on the wall. And it says, uh, pursuing a simple and pure devotion to Christ. And it's taken out of uh, 2 Corinthians 11. And we believe that what it looks like to pursue a simple and pure devotion to Christ is to live these four connects that we're going to look at. right? To, to live a simple and pure devotion to Christ is to be connected to God. It's to be connected to our purpose. It's to be, it's to be connected to the church. It's to be connected to, to our community. And so uh, this weekend, I'm going to be looking at uh, the first one there, connect to God. And before I pray and we jump into that, I want to ask you one question. Uh, in the context of a new year, with the tradition of resolutions and things we want to change, things we want to grow in, let me ask you this question. Would it make a difference in your life if in 2019, the area that you grew in was uh, both your understanding and experience of God's love for you. Like, would it make a difference in your life if this year the area you grew in was a, a greater understanding and experience of God's unconditional love regardless of your performance, regardless of your situation? I mean, would that make a difference? Well, I believe that makes all the difference. So let's pray, and then we'll, we'll look a little closer at Connect to God. So Lord, thank you for, uh, for today. Thank you for a new year. Lord, I thank you for each person that's here. I thank you that you totally know us. You know what kind of year we're coming from. You know what's ahead. And I pray today that you would, uh, uh, you would connect us to you. Lord, you would come and draw us close to you. Lord, uh, knowing you is the difference maker. It is the difference maker. And I pray that uh, you, you know where we're at. I just pray that you would come and be personal with each one today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, before we get to the first point, I want to reread that Ephesians passage. So if we can throw that up again. Uh, here we go. Uh, verse 11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, the church, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ that we become more like Jesus. So when I was you know, reading through that scripture, there were certain phrases that were sort of popping out of that at me that totally set up our first point. And they were phrases like, uh, to equip his people so that we may be built up until we all reach and becoming mature, attaining to, and those phrases, you know, they painted a picture in my mind. It's like God is saying in, the, in those verses that we just read, he's saying, hey, uh, he's saying to us as his people, hey, you guys aren't where I want you to be. And, and, and really, the language all throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, really paints that same picture, that God is working to move us from here over to here. It's like he wants to move us from here. He wants to build us up. He wants to equip you and I. He wants to mature us to this here. And what I say by here, I mean he wants to bring us to a place of being connected to him, connected to God. And even that language that I'm using, that God wants to, to move us to a place of connection with him, must mean that if he needs to connect us or reconnect us, it must mean that we're disconnected. 
And so number one in your notes is this. Number one is reconnect because we're disconnected. So a good question then would be, so how and when, if we're disconnected from God, how and when did that happen? Well, it was June 12th, 19... No, okay, it's not that simple. Well, actually, it is that simple, uh, but I don't have an actual date. Um, How did we get disconnected? When did we get disconnected? There's a passage of Scripture that we, I bet, at least once a month in one of the talks we we refer to. And it's Genesis 3, and in most of your Bibles, the, the... the, uh, the title of that chapter is The Fall. And if you're not familiar with Genesis 3, let me just say, let that be your homework today or this week, to go and read Genesis 3 because it is a pivotal point because it's in Genesis 3 where the disconnection happens. Genesis 1 and 2, God creates this, uh, this beautiful, perfect place, Canada. And... <laughs> Oh, you must be tired of that, but you keep laughing. That's why I keep saying it. So, but, but basically, you know, but he does. He creates this perfect, beautiful place. And then in Genesis 3, our enemy, the devil, comes along, and he tricks us. And, and he brings us to this place of disobeying God. And we disobey God. The way he tricks us is he, 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 he weasels in, and, and he gets us to a place of distrusting or questioning God. Like, well, what's he keeping from you? Right? You, you, you can eat from all these trees, but you can't eat from that tree. I mean, what is God keeping from you? And, and that, out of that place, when we, you know, what is it in, the hum, in human nature that when you hear no, you can have that, but you, you can go sit over there, but you can't sit over there. As soon as you hear no, what goes off inside of you? Suddenly, you want to sit over there. Like, me wants it, me needs it. You know, it's just this, it's this desire gets stirred up in you, and it was their act of disobedience. When they said to God, No, we're not going to do what you say. We're going to do what we want. That's where the disconnection happened. And and again, think about that. Before the fall, it was perfection. Talk about, you know, being connected in in every way. Like before the fall, it was perfect relationship with God, uh, with each other. There was no shame. We, we, you know, it was, it was perfect. There was a sense of identity. We knew who we were. We knew what our purpose was. And then suddenly in this one act that we see in Genesis 3... Adam and Eve, and consequently human nature, are disconnected from all that wonderful. And here's where we today feel the the sting and the struggle of the disconnection. Because before Genesis 3, uh, we as human beings were living in the place of perfect connection, where the one who made us, God who, who, who created us, knows exactly what we need to truly be alive. And before, before Genesis 3, we were, we were receiving from God everything that we needed to be you know, fully alive. But suddenly, and here's where the, the, uh, the struggle is for us, suddenly we're, we're, we're now disconnected from him, from the source, but we're, we're still connected to those needs. Does that make sense? So we're still connected to the needs. So even though we've been unplugged from the source, we're like, oh, and now, we're, now we start looking. We start trying to find something else to fill that need. And um, uh, last week, Helen, we went away as a family. We were down in Hawking Hills. If you've never been to Hawking Hills, man, you gotta, it's such a gorgeous place. Uh, one of the days, Helen and I went hiking and, uh, uh, in Old Man's Cave. Uh, and we're going through Old Man's Cave. And if you've ever been to Old Man's Cave, there's certain things that you see that are all over the place. What, as you're walking through, uh, especially down below, there's, there's big rocks all over, like, like big, big rocks. And on a lot of these rocks, you see these trees, little trees and big trees, 
growing and trying to grow. And you can see the roots. And why don't we throw up that first picture? As we were walking through, bing, all right. As we were walking through Old Man's Cave, like you see this all over, right? That's a big rock and there's a tree growing basically on that rock. And I felt like God just kept saying, hey, look at that, look at that. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen that <laughs> the last 30 times I was here, I've seen that. And then he said, no, look at it again and think about your message. I'm like, okay, now you've got my attention. And he said, that is a picture of a disconnected human. And what, what he meant was this, you can go to the next picture, Laurie, is that we were in perfect soil. We were trees growing in perfect soil. And in Genesis 3, we're unplugged from that soil and, and we were planted on a rock. And uh, so we're disconnected from the soil, but we still need, we still have the needs. And so you can go to the next one. And so living on this rock, there's no life there. And so what do we do? We start reaching. Look at the way those roots are reaching to the soil. It's just, we can go to the last one. I mean, look at these ones. That's so amazing to me. But there's this reaching, reaching. And, and what you see with these trees is they finally do reach some soil. But these trees aren't strong trees. I mean, they're still on a rock. What these trees truly need is to be replanted in the soil. And here's where, again, that is such a picture of the human condition. Right? And when I, when I saw those trees, and again, when God got my attention, suddenly I'm looking at those trees and thinking, you know, it just doesn't surprise me in my own life, in, in, in any human being's life, it does, it does not surprise me that we are so prone to addictions. We are so prone to run after things because the needs are so strong. The things that we used to get in our connection to God, we, we're, you know, the needs are, are still there. And it just doesn't surprise me that we run to things. And like even right now, and don't raise your hand, but I know in this room there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt because we're needy and we're reaching, reaching. Our roots are reaching. And, and, the, and the thing is we find some soil and it feeds us a little bit. And I, I can see that's why we, you know, we get hooked on things because at least it feeds us a little bit. But the truth is the true soil you know, it's not the true soil. It's not the soil that we, were, that we were made to reach for. And so that's no surprise to me that we, we get caught up. We reach into certain soils. It just doesn't surprise me. And it doesn't surprise God. He knows that. He knows the needs. He knows how we're made because he made us. And so God, and this is so encouraging, God is working. And this whole thing of being disconnected and reconnected, God is working to reconnect us. And when I think of that, the story uh, in John 4 comes to mind, uh, and that's the story of the woman at the well. And talk about a story of someone reaching, roots going out trying to find life, trying to find you know, soil. Uh, the, in the story, we, we won't look at the whole story, but you know, this woman at the well, Jesus uh, meets up with her at the well. It's at midday. The disciples have gone into town <clears throat> to get some shawarma or some hummus, and uh, <laughs> and. Um, uh, and so Jesus, this woman, they meet at the well. And, and again, what we find out later in the story is this woman, where her, reach are reach, her, where her roots are reaching, is into relationships. She's trying to, the soil she's trying to get life from is, is, is through men. And it says in the story, I think it says she has, she's had five husbands and Jesus points out to her lovingly and the man you're with now, he's not your husband. And, but what I love about this story and where I think it, it totally points to this whole thing of reconnect and connect 
is that Jesus, who is just a master at looking at the situation, looking at what's around, and using it to get our attention. And in this story, he uses the whole, the picture of thirst and water. And just, let me just read a little bit of it. Uh, John 4, verse 7 says, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. <coughs> Excuse me. And Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. That's another talk. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. And I love the way that story gets in touch with her thirst and her, and her neediness, because I can relate to that woman. And I love the way she, I love her response to when Jesus goes, hey, you know what you really need? What you really need is, it's, it's a different water than what you're trying to get out of this well. And I love her response. It's like, ooh, living water? Does something like that even exist? I mean, is that, is, is that available? It's like, please, please give me that. And so, so again, how do we get reconnected, God? How do we get that living water? Well, the dialogue that I just read uh, uh, really hints, gives us hints on how to get this living water. In the story, Jesus offers to give her the living water, and then she replies, verse 11, she says this, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And what I love about her response, and, and, and it's interesting, Jesus, uh, like many times when people ask him a question, he just blows right by their question, really, and, and, and gives his, his own answer. But, he, but, but his reply to that question, the woman going like, you know, this sounds like special water. You know, how, how are you going to get that? You don't, you don't have a rope. You don't have a bucket. Jesus basically says to her, you know, this water I'm offering you, you can't get it through human means, right? You think this well is deep? The well I'm talking about is way deeper. And there is no rope long enough on planet Earth. There's no bucket big enough to get this water. The only way to get this water is through me. And so number two in your notes is the gift of reconnection. The gift of reconnection. So again, God is wanting to move us from disconnected to connected to God. And and let me just pause for a sec. What does it mean to be connected to God? Like you might think, well, some might say, well, I guess to be connected to God, what you're saying is to be a Christian. Well, it's like I'm not even sure what that means anymore. Like to be a Christian, you, it just, it can, it can, you hear different definitions. And, and so I think a simple but very accurate definition of what it means to be connected to God is it means to be in a relationship with God. It means it's, it's all about knowing God. And I don't mean knowing about him, history, you know, theology, knowing the rules. No, it's, it's friendship. It's intimate. It's, it's like what, 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 we've, what we're invited into in a, in, in a friendship with God, to be connected with God, it's like imagine uh, the, the, the best friend you've ever had on planet Earth. You know, and I have people coming to mind right now. Imagine that 
to be connected with God, that is just a taste of what we've been invited into is in a friendship with him. And, and as I say that, I even see nodding heads out there. I know that, that you're agreeing with me. Yeah, that's what it means. To be connected to God, it means to be in a friendship with God. But I, when I was working at, at my desk this week, I got to this point and I stopped and I sat there and I thought, I just said it out loud. Uh, to be connected to God means to be in a friendship with God, that I am now friends with God. And I found my mind going like, like that just seems so unreal or unrealistic to me. And, and the picture that came to my mind, and uh, I, it's like I saw an ant looking up at me. You know, I saw an ant look at him going, hey, buddy, it's you and me. We're friends. You know, it's, and it's like, what was that? It's just, and what I mean by that, like that picture helps me. I don't know if that helps you, but what I mean, it just seems so bizarre to say an ant to look at me and go, yeah, we're buds. Because just look at the gap between us. It just seems just it seems totally impossible for that to happen. And, and really, I think one of the reasons people didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God, God with flesh on, come to walk among us, is they're just going, no way, this would, this would never happen. God wouldn't look like that. God wouldn't talk like that when they looked at Jesus. And, and really, in the first century, uh, there was a great awareness of the gap between the gods and the people. I mean, their understanding, it's like there's, it's impossible to be friends with the gods because one, the gods would never want to be friends with us. And they are too big, too great, and we are too small. And uh, a Greek philosopher, Aristotle, we were texting, and he said, uh, one of his quotes, or it's not a quote, but I read uh, in an article, he, you know, it, uh, he said that for... Uh, for a God to be friends with a human, he said it was impossible. He said it would be like, uh, again, in his time, uh, his example would be, it would be like a master befriending one of his slaves, right? For one, a master would never do that, and for two, a slave would never even entertain the possibility of that happening. Aristotle said, for us to be friends with God, it would be like a, a man befriending one of his work tools. Like, it just doesn't compute. It's not possible. The gap is way too wide. That kind of connection or that kind of reconnection, it's just not going to happen. And, and again, by rebelling against God, we disconnected ourselves. Right? We created the gap that's there. And again, we stand sort of looking at this gap, and, and there's, just, there's no chance for you and I to, to, to cross this gap. This gap is way too wide. Well, here's where we see the gift of reconnection. God stepped across the gap by sending Jesus to earth. We just celebrated that. Merry Christmas. Jesus stepped across that gap, and he came to earth, and he lived with us, and he came and he, he declared and he demonstrated to all, uh, to you know, everywhere he went, let me show you. Let me tell you, and let me show you what it looks like for a human to be connected to God. Right? And, that's, and it's the kingdom message. It's, it's like, let me show you what, a reconnect, what happens when a human reconnects to God. And what, you know, think of the stories of Jesus where, you know, as he would go around, the blind would see, the deaf would hear. Everywhere he went, lives were changing. Uh, you know, the people who were, uh, you know, stepped on or suddenly lifted up. The outcasts were embraced. The, you know, the, uh, 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 the depressed and hopeless are suddenly filled with joy and expectation. Uh, the foreigners welcome. Marriages are restored. On and on and on and on. 
we see lives changed as Jesus came and both declared and demonstrated, and he gave us a taste. He gave us a taste of what it looks like, what it feels like to be connected to God. And just like the woman of the well, people would be like, they'd get a taste and they'd be like, are you kidding me? I didn't know that was available. And just think of your own life. If you've had just a taste of the presence of God, I mean, I think back, man, I just think back at times in my life where it's, it's just like uh, the, the space between heaven and earth got real, real thin. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like God just came close, and, and, and it, it, it touched something so deep in me, and I, real, and I know I've never been the same. After tasting that, it's like, how can you be the same when you get the living water, when you taste that real soil? It's like, oh, it's, I mean, it's just like the woman of the well. It's like, oh, please give me that. That's what I want. And so Jesus says, well, come follow me. You want to be reconnected permanently? Come follow me. And when we go to follow him, all of a sudden, er, we get to the gap that Jesus can cross. But we're standing there going, oh, we can't cross this. It's impossible for us and, you know, for, for us to be reconnected. And that, you know, that reminds me, uh, years ago, I used to work uh, for a power company, like an AEP-type company. Um, <clears throat> and uh, for many years, I worked as a collector. I was just so suited for that job. <laughs> Not really. But I would, you know, if people didn't pay their electric bill, uh, they'd get a couple warnings in the mail. And then if they didn't pay... Dun, 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 dun. I would go out, knock, 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 and, if, and then I would say, hey, can you pay your bill? And if they didn't pay their bill, I would turn their electricity off. And, uh, you know, so many times I'd be at the door, and I found it so hard. I'm looking at these people, and, uh, okay, I'll give you another chance. I mean, I was sort of known for that guy, but, but, but there'd be many times where I'd look at these people, and I'd go, it was just so obvious to me, there is no way they're going to be able to pay this bill. And to add insult to injury, once their electricity was turned off, to get reconnected, not only did they have to pay their bill, but now there's a reconnection fee slapped on top of it. And it's, it's impossible. Well, that's totally a picture uh, of where we're at. But where we're at, it's a way bigger bill. It's a cosmic bill. As human beings, little human beings, we've looked at God and said, nah, we're going to do our own thing. And just, pfft. Right? We've rebelled against him. And so we have a huge bill, a huge debt. And it's impossible for us to pay that. But here's where we see the gift. Romans 5 verse 6 says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, that is, what a rich picture that is. It's like when we, we're standing at that gap going, oh, I want that so bad, but there's no way I'm gonna get across this. What does Jesus do? What's the gift? Jesus comes and he lays down in that gap. I mean, isn't that what happened on the cross? It said that he laid down his life. And Jesus lays down and he fills that gap. And he says to us, hey, I am the way. I'm the only way. You want to get connected to the Father? You got to come through me. It's a gift. And what I love about it, it's a, it's a once for all gift. That gap, gap is filled. 
It is permanently filled. But what's, you know, but there's, but what's it, a part of our condition, though, is we keep disconnecting. Right? We're, we're never separated from God, but what happens when we sin is we separate from him. Just like Adam and Eve, we run and hide when we, when we mess up, when we, you know, guilt, etc. And what I love about that picture of what Jesus did is basically what, what that means is, because that gap once for all was filled, what that means is if, if you're here today and you've never reconnected with God, if you're sitting there right now and I'm, you know, I'm looking out, I know most of you's faces are familiar, but some aren't. But if you're sitting here and you're getting a taste right now of, uh, of the well, of the living water, and you're like, whoa, is that real? Like, is this, does this really exist? What's amazing to me is right now, you can reconnect to God. Right now, you can start a friendship with God. And all it takes is it, it just takes interaction. It just takes you saying, okay, I don't know if I, I don't get this. But if this is true, I want this. Like the one with the well. Oh, please, give me that water. And all you need to do is ask for it. And, but you know what? What I love about this is it's not only for the person who for the first time is reconnecting, but it's also for those of you who've, who reconnected years ago, if the analogy still works. Right? One of the things that I've known and I've struggled with in my own life is there's something that happens. It's almost like the gift of God. We think about it. It's just a gift to get us in the door. Right? You get reconnected. The gift is there. But after a while, it's less the gift and it's, you, know, you need to get a rope and a bucket. Right? You know what I mean? There's that lie of the enemy that sneaks in that if you've been walking with Jesus, if you've been connected to God for a long time, that by now, I should be getting it together. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and 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 that's this gift is for you too, because I know right now, and don't raise your hand again, but I know in this room some of us have a chronic sense of guilt and shame. And if if you're standing before God right now, you probably wouldn't run to Him. You'd probably cower and think, "Oh, I'm a failure." Right? And isn't it, and especially this time of year when we're we're cranking out resolutions and we're you know we're thinking about. Uh, looking back, looking forward, for many of us, there's an incredible sense of failure this time of year. Like, ugh, look at all the gaps that I wasn't able to fill in 2018. Does that make sense? And God's offering to you, whether it's for the first time or whether it's for the whatever, you give the number time. The gift of reconnection is always available to us whether it's the first time or, or, you know, for the thousandth time. And not only does he offer the gift, but he also offers to come alongside. He is committed to teach you and I how to stay connected. And I'm going to end with this. Number three is learning to live connected. Uh, you know, I started off, and I've talked a lot about resolutions. And when I look at resolutions, uh, uh, I've read, you know, silly ones, but also some some serious ones on Facebook and other social media. And, and so many of the resolutions, they're all perform, almost all performance-based. I want to grow here. I want to improve here. I want to you know, lose weight here. I want to blah, blah, blah. I want to, it's all discipline, blah, blah, blah. It's like it's all performance-based. And, and they're, all, they're all important. And they're all good goals to go after. But here's where these lists get dangerous. They're dangerous if we don't deal with the deeper need. And the deeper need is what I'm talking about this morning, our connection to God. Because really, and in, and in this series of the four connects, this is the foundational connect what I'm talking about today. 
our friendship with God. Right? Because this connect really is what, what the other three connects flow out of. Because if you look at the other three connects, they're, they're doing connects. You know, connecting to our purpose, connecting to the church, connecting to our community. They're doing connects. What I'm talking about today is being. Being connects. Be, talk, when I talk about connected to God, this is, we're talking uh, identity. Listen to this quote. Uh, Henry Nouwen said, spiritual identity means we are not what we do or what people say about us. And we are not what we have. We are the beloved daughters and sons of God. See, so many of our resolution lists really are driven by us trying to find identity. Right? I, I want to be, I need to look right, I need to act right, I need to accomplish right. And what we're being invited into in connecting with God and him teaching us how to live connected is we're being invited into a place where he, where we discover through him and our friendship with him, we discover who we are. So in a season of, a, you know, in the new year and of resolutions, let me challenge you with, uh, with a couple of verses here. 1 Timothy 4, 8 says this. It says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. And what I love about those verses, basically they're saying it's good to look after the outside, but, but it's better to look after the inside, your soul, you know, the, the, uh, who you are, etc. identity issues. And so let's get a bit practical here. How do we learn then to live Connected to God. Well, uh, let me start with a little story before I get to my, my list. Uh, when I think of being connected to God, what came to my mind was back in grade five, many moons ago, uh, there was a girl, and I, can, I closed my eyes, I could still see her. There was a girl, her name was Shauna. And in grade five, I had a big old crush on Shauna. And so what I would do, and as much as a, as a fifth grader could, my goal was I want to connect with Shauna in the best sense of the word. And, uh, uh, and so she became, how did I do it? She became my priority. I, tried, I built my school life around Shauna, right? I, we couldn't pick classes in those days, uh, uh, but, but I would, you know, as much as possible, I would sit near Shauna. As much as possible at recess, I'd be where Shauna was at lunchtime. I'd try to find Shauna. I'm sure she must have thought I was a very needy boy, but but. Shauna was at the top of my list. I wanted to be where she was at, and I wanted to be doing what she was doing. And it is the same with God. As we get into a new year, do you want to connect with God? You want to learn how to be connected to God? You need to do the same thing. He needs to be at the top of your list. He needs to be a priority. You need to you know, set out each day to be where he's at and doing what he's doing. So let me go through a, a list here, a more practical list, and I'll go pretty quick. How do we learn to live connected to God? Number one is prayer. And when you hear prayer, just hear talking to God, right? I mean, the, the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray, it doesn't end with, thanks so much, see you later, goodbye. Like, it doesn't end. The prayer that we're invited into is an ongoing, nonstop prayer. And here's what I find. When I talk to God, the more I talk to him, I, the more I find myself thinking about him. And, just, and the more I think about him, the more God becomes my focus. And I don't know about you, but, but I am trying to grow in the discipline of prayer constantly. And so I, I'll, and I pray out loud. And you know why I pray out loud? 
I am a worrier, and I know there's lots of worriers in this room. And, and the first Bible verse I learned was, give all your worries to him because he cares for you. And I don't know about you, but if I'm worried about something, and there's, there's a lot of opportunities throughout the day, when I'm worried about something, for me to make that exchange and give that to God, to you know, give the worry to him, I have to say it out loud. Like to just go, to just do it in my mind, that's what I was trying to demonstrate. <laughs> drama, drama class. But to just do it in my mind, it, I, it, that's not helpful to me. But for me to say, okay, God, I just got this phone call, and I don't know what to do, so I'm asking, I'm giving it to you. Like, I have found that to be a, a game changer. So I want to encourage you that this would be a year where you have an ongoing conversation with God, that he is the first person you run to, to with good news, bad news, whatever news. Okay, worship. We give so much time to worship when we're singing our thanks, singing our love to God, singing our trust and dependence on him. We give so much of our service time to that because we believe one of the primary ways that we connect with God is through worship. It's through singing to him, singing songs to him, songs about him. At our small group uh, last week, we were talking about worship, and people were saying, you know, I don't know what it is, but when we gather together, whether it's here on the weekend or at small group, and we worship, it's like I get emotional. And one person in our group who actually had, was wiping tears off her cheeks, she said, it's the weirdest thing, because I, I, suddenly I have tears going down my cheeks, and I go, I'm not sad. Why am I crying? Why am I crying? Well, you know what's going on when we worship? Is we are connecting to God. And it totally makes sense to me that when a human connects, reconnects with God, that there's going to be tears, tears of joy, emotions flowing, tears of relief. So let me encourage you to, to really engage in worship. And with that, I have another challenge for you. And as a church, we're growing in this area, but we still have a ways to go. When we gather together to worship, I want to challenge you this year to sing, to sing. Open your mouth and sing, because here's what, if you're not singing, you're missing out on a level of engagement. Like, there's something that happens when you sing, when you engage your voice and you sing the songs, there is something at a much deeper emotional level and soul level that goes on. So let me challenge you with that. Let this be a year where uh, you engage in worship. Uh, i got three more, I think. Uh, read the Bible. Let this be a year reading the Bible. And why I say that, well, that should be an obvious one, but I say that because God has chosen to reveal himself in a lot of different ways, through nature, through other people, uh, but he's also chosen to reveal himself to us through words, through words, through his word. And so I want to challenge you, uh, out on our info counter, we have Bible reading plans. Like, read the Bible in a year, grab one of those. Like, or if you're like me, those don't work for me. I like the colors, but I'm just not super disciplined. And, and so I would encourage you to start small. Let it be a goal in 2019 to read the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're just story after story after story about Jesus. And if you finish it, go back and read them again. But let this be a year where you are reading you're connecting to God through his word. Take Andrew's class on the 22nd, How to Study the Bible. Excellent class. If you're here today and you're like, you know, I don't understand half of what you're saying. Uh, sign up for Alpha. Starts Tuesday. You can sign up in the lobby. Excellent course. So read the Bible. Uh, one, two more. Grow in obedience. Well, what does that mean? I mean, avoid disconnecting yourself from God. 
And I'm not so much talking about performance. What I mean is this. Let's get back to Shauna. If, if I, in school, if I'm getting near Shauna, and she's there, uh, if I was acting in a way that got between us, right? If I was acting in a way that distanced me from her, well, you better believe I would do everything in my power to stop doing that because I want to connect to her. And it's really the same with God. There are things that we do that, that get in the way of us connecting to him. And so when you pray, a great prayer to ask is God, and he's great at letting us know, God, is there anything I'm doing right now? Is there, is there any behavior, any attitude in my life that's getting, you know, coming between us. Ask him and then listen. And I guarantee he will show you. But I also guarantee that he will take you by the hand and say, let me show you. Let me show you how to walk out of this. Let me show you how to stop doing that. Finally, <clears throat> uh, you can pray to God on your own, but there's something special about letting someone else pray for you. I want to challenge us as a church in 2019 when we have ministry time or in your small group when they offer prayer for someone. I want to challenge us to take advantage of that because, you know, there's, there's nothing magic about coming forward. It's not magic. I wish it was. That'd be awesome. But it's not. But here's what's going on when we invite people forward for prayer is basically what we're saying is Jesus is here. Do you want to connect to Jesus? Come on forward. And I don't know about you, but why it's helpful for me to get out of my seat and walk forward is because there's something in me that's really proud. There is something in me that is so proud that I will walk out of here bleeding. When, when, there, was, when there was a hospital up here, I will walk out bleeding because I'm too proud to go forward. And I know that's, God has challenged me in that because I need to be connected to him. You need to be connected to him. And so I want to challenge you to take advantage of the opportunity, whether we call out what your need is or not. Let this become part of our culture that we get it. We understand that we need to be connected to God, and any chance we get, we run to it. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's now, here's how we're going to end off the service. Why don't we stand up? I'm going to invite everyone, no, I, well, sort of, sort of. So uh, in planning for this weekend, I have invited uh, we have small group leaders here. We have council people here. If you want to start moving around the room, I've asked our leaders, like along the side and across the front, I've asked uh, small group leaders, etc., to come. And we're starting a new year. And what I want to do is, uh, Olivia's going to lead us in a song, but I want to give the opportunity for all of you to get prayer today. And, and all it is, it's, it's going to be real simple. You'll come up... Uh, Hope we have more folks. Well, maybe we can get a few more across the front. <laughs> but uh, all they're going to do is ask your name, credit card information. No, they're not going to say that. They're just going to ask your name. Well, maybe this guy. No. They're going to ask your name, and they're going to say, hello, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder? You can say yes or no. And, and let's, as much as possible, guys for guys, gals for gals getting prayer. But all they're going to do is they're just going to ask God to bless you this year. But they're going to ask specifically that God would bless you in your connection to him. That he would uh, uh, draw you closer to him. So, uh, I'm going to say a quick prayer. Does that, that should be clear. Uh, once I've done praying, start moving around the room. If, it, if you have to line up, line up. Uh, and just wait. Or if you see someone not praying for someone, move on over to them. But my hope, I just want to offer this to everybody. Let's get prayer. We've got a nice little chunk of time here. So let me pray for us, and then we'll, uh, you can start moving around the room. 
So Lord, I thank you that right now you are pursuing each one of us. Lord, we're trees, we're planted on rocks, we're reaching, and what we need is you. And so I pray right now that uh, you would bless what we're doing. I pray you'd empower these prayers, you'd open the hearts of those receiving prayer, and I just ask that your kingdom would come right now. So we welcome you in Jesus' name, amen. So start moving around the room, and uh, I'll keep an eye on how we're doing, and then uh, I'll come on up and, and pray, and we'll end off the service.